Hi and welcome to The Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health and emotional intelligence. I'm your host, Sukhpavia. Happy weekend, folks, and uh, welcome to episode 41 of The Three Good Podcast. And this one is going to be a more of a fun chat than it is about anything serious around resilience, well-being or positive psychology. Today I'm going to be talking, we are going to be talking about just all things fun to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I've got two friends on the podcast with me. Hello Fiona McBride. Hello, good morning. <laughs> and good morning Mark Gilroy. Hello, good to be here. So this is just going to just be um, I'm looking forward to this just for the geeking out of, of what this is because it's just I Mark said it to me a long time ago. He said, "Look, should we we should just have an episode where we just talk about the Marvel films because we clearly enjoy them." It's like, yeah, we should totally do that. Mm. And then um, and then lockdown happened, <laughs> and then everyone just got overwhelmed with lots of stuff. And then like, okay, I'm ready to get back into this now. Let's do this. Let's actually just go back to it. So, are we ready to talk about the MCU, folks? Yes. We are. Is, is it worth saying that we are going to, this, this will be a spoilerific conversation. And it is totally worth saying that. that I've Good point. At the time of going <laughs> to press. <laughs> A very Otherwise good point. We might be a bit limited by what we can talk about if we feel of spoiling anything for anyone. And to be honest, in lockdown, if you haven't caught up with all the MCU films and you're a fan, sort it you should, out. You should pause. Yeah, definitely pause the podcast, watch some more, <laughs> come back, and carry on listening. I think that's a good call out. Both that it's going to be loads of spoilers as we go through and chat about whatever we chat about, and that people you need to catch up. It's just a good way to just like just chill out, right, and not do anything. Anyway, before we get into that, let's uh, let, let's let's kind of take it right back to its roots, folks. What was it about the MCU that got you into it in the first place? I'm happy to go first. Go for it. I, this is an this is an audio medium, so this won't make sense. But if you were to walk upstairs in my house, you will find bookshelves on bookshelves of comic books collections. Um, I, I am that guy who collects comic books and doesn't read them and keeps them in their shrink wrap. Um, <laughs> um, but generally, I've, I've been I've been a fan since I was probably about six or seven of of all kinds of different kind of superhero genres, but particularly the Marvel universe. And I think you know once once it became clear that they were really going to double down on making those films and and making them well with a really amazing kind of overarching storyline and golden thread that runs through them all. I think it's um, it does feel like we're kind of in this this real golden age of those types of films. Um, there there was a kind of golden era of comic books, kind of in the um, sort of sixties, seventies, and it feels like we're kind of in that for the films as well at the moment. Some amazing um, productions that have come out in the last couple of years, particularly. But I've I've loved every one of them. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm I'm very much the same in that I collected the comic books more in my teens, actually. Um, uh, I, uh, an ex-family member helped to just kind of introduce me, and actually to the Spider-Man series first. 
And then from there, I started to pick up on like the Fantastic Four, X-Men. Um, and interestingly, the other characters that we see now more of around kind of the Avengers and that, I was actually less interested in those guys. I didn't really... I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, but when the movies came out, that just it kind of really changed. Like, well, the MCU movies, because obviously we had some of the earlier Marvel films. But um, yeah, there was just there was something about those which just wasn't as <clears throat> as strong as what we've kind of got in the last ten years or eleven years now. What about you, Fee? Why, why did you get in? What was it about all of it that got you into? So you know, like with this all these kind of things. Normally I'm the person that goes like, read the books before you go and see the film. It's like, if I can just go off piece of topic, Harry Potter, I'd say to anyone, read the books, then watch the films, right? Get it in your head and be kind of visualize it for yourself, create that space. Um, but yeah, with all this, I'm like, I wasn't, the only comic, you've got me thinking about comics, I'm not really a comic person. I used to read Asterix and Oblix, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. That's what I used to read when I was little. I remember getting those at the library. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I came to the films, like, with Iron Man. Was that 2008? No. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The first one. Because I love kind of action-y films. I love sci-fi star, space star. And it's just fun. Yeah. And it's nice. So I think and the humour in it kind of really appealed to me too. So yeah, so straight in with the films for me. I'm really keen to hear more about comics, so maybe we'll have time to talk about that, about the kind of almost the comparison, or not comparison, but like the, how the comic is to how the films have been or how they've developed and things like that. I'd be really keen to hear about, because I don't have a sense of that at all. Well, should we start there? I think that's a good place to start. Or yeah. continue from there, right? Yeah, so um, what do you think, Mark? How true are the films to the comics? Um, some of them are really true. So I think the Doctor Strange um, film that came out, the original Doctor Strange film, was almost... Like, there are some panels that are like taken straight off the page from some of the very, very trippy 60s, 70s era comics. And, and they, they're really weird comics. And it, that was a really weird film. And, and they really captured that kind of sense of um, trippiness, I think, really well. And then other things, that they've really taken the character and run with them in a very different direction. I'm thinking of, of characters like Thor and, and what kind of the actor Chris Hemsworth has done with that character and, and, and how much license he's had to play with um, finding the silliness. In, in that character and really leaning into that. So that's a very different character from the page. And I'm, I, I was kind of with Suk on that one. I, I wasn't really a massive fan of that character until, um, um, and even actually really the original Thor film, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I think some of the subsequent films where he appears in, you know, with like the, the original Avengers, he kind of takes on a sense of um, preposterousness which is which is really endearing and really likable, and and that's been kind of leaned into more more and more heavily, I think, as the MCU's kind of developed and the different phases have gone through. But I think it's a real mixed bag. And I think that's, that's the kind of the beauty of having that um, different medium, isn't it? That you can you've got all this, you've got years and years of stories to draw from, and you can take them and run with them as they are. Um, for example, like the Thanos Infinity Stones storyline was a pretty well-established storyline but the way that they presented those in the films was um through a slightly different lens and with slightly different sequencing and, and different characters were involved um and i think that's a really 
really cool thing to be able to do to kind of you know sculpt away at a story that's really well established and still give some people some surprises even if they're really familiar with the original storyline yeah agreed mm-hmm. and one of the things that comes through in the comics and happens a lot in the comics is they will regularly revisit storylines and come back and give it a completely new flavor, a completely new mix. So over the years, like over the decades rather, we've had lots of variations of the Avengers and their origin stories and how they became the Avengers and Thanos and how he cre- and how he got the Infinity Gauntlet and got the stones together. And all of that is just, you know, there's probably at least three different versions of those storylines over the comics. So there's no, there's no real kind of, you know, how, how, uh, yeah, did they stick to kind of the original version? Because there is no real original version. So uh, I, I, I love the license that they've given themselves to be able to just create this story because it works. It totally works around how how they've done that. I'm cur- I'm really curious to know where they go next now that they've defeated Thanos. I really want to know where they take it next. Because they've, they've spent 22 films just, you know, getting to that one moment. And now that moment's no longer here. It's like, well, where, what, what are you going to do? This is just, this is going to be so interesting. Mm. Have either of you dipped into the, um, the WandaVision series that's been on Disney Plus? Yes. I <laughs> love it. So I think it's just, we've just gone past episode five while we're recording this podcast. Yes. Episode four. Still a bit more to episode, episode five four. is, episode five is tomorrow. Episode five is tomorrow. Cool. Okay. Um, I think that that's, there's a pretty heavy hint there about where they might go with the universe as a whole and how things might start to evolve and develop. And um, I think it's been, it's, been a, it's been a really amazing series. A very, very groundbreaking, very unusual yeah safe um and um yeah i mean the idea of of kind of multiple realities and and multiple kind of um casts of characters who might come back with different people playing them again it's very similar to like what we've been talking about there with the storylines where they might revisit storylines with different versions of characters or different um uh styles of characters coming back and and that's um if that if they really embrace that approach that would be amazing to see yeah and fee you gave a weird look because you're right it was it, we have had number five it's number six it's just tomorrow ah yeah <laughs> i was like i don't yeah i think it's yeah. five. <laughs> it's just it's with that actually i've been almost taken back to when i was growing up like the different types of tv programs because they've been it's like bewitched and then other yeah. ones because they've gone through the decades haven't they with the style of that it's just it's so clever so so clever um no, what do you mean yeah go on what what do you mean mark when you say hints big hints for going forward um, where they might take it what were you what would you noticed or picked up on so well there's some stuff kind of that goes that's been going on in the background with a few different kind of film franchises at the moment, which kind of hints towards it, um, where they might take things next. So, for example, in the next Spider-Man film, um, they are bringing back a number of characters from previous versions of Spider-Man. So not just the um, Tom Holland version, but some of the, um, for example, I think they have Toby Maguire, that, um, Andrew Garfield, yeah, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield are going to be starring in the next film as is um, Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. Yeah. 
um, as is um, Jamie Fox. Jamie as... Fox is Electro. Yeah. Um, so they're they're bringing together all of these different universes of previous right. versions of the character into one space, yeah. which is just like incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And anyone who's seen the film of um, Into the Spider Verse will sort of see kind of that that kind of vibe will be really cool to to see produced on a in a live action film. Mm. And then likewise, you know, in the last episode of WandaVision, they introduced her brother, Pietro, or the character Quicksilver, yes, um, who died in Age of Ultron. Um, and has obviously, trauma, you know, started some uh, some extra trauma for that character. Um, but through um, what seems to be happening in that show, uh, she has brought him back as... Um, but the actor that is playing him was the actor who played that character in the X-Men franchise. Yeah. Not from the Avengers franchise. So it, it's kind of all of these fusing together of different um, universes and realities, mm. which is kind of um, a little bit mind-boggling, but it would be really cool if they went into it. What I, what I really hope might happen, and, and um, I'll be extraordinarily excited if we see this, is if Michael Fassbender turns up as... Um, Magneto, her dad, yeah, Magneto. Um, that that would be very cool to see. Was we'll, I don't know that that would be that would be a huge step for them to take in terms of the series and the kind of message they're sending about the crossover of different universes. But I think that would be really cool. That would be so cool. That's, but I, I love yeah. that they're they're leaning into that as well, especially with One Division, where we've seen that you've got uh, Darcy, um, you know, from the from Thor. You've got Wu from Ant Man. And uh, um, uh, Rambo, what's her daughter's name? Monica. Monica, yeah. Yeah, Monica Rambo from Captain Marvel. Mm. All in Wonder and Vision's story. And you go, thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's just keep doing that crossover stuff because it bloody works and it's amazing. Mm. <laughs> but again, that's I, I think that's a harking back to how the comics work. Like the comics do that readily and easily with clear abandon, <laughs> like they don't care. You know, it's, you know, they will pull in all the characters that are available to them because one, they're all available, why wouldn't they? And they're not stuck to, we have to conform to anything. Whereas here, they're clearly just breaking out from any kind of norm around this that we've ever seen before, which I love, I love it. Mm. So who are the, who are the original, original characters then? Because I, I was like doing, I do loads of reading around all these things because I love reading about stuff like Easter eggs and cameos and stuff, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. But um, who, it was interesting to read about who the originals are, like the original kind of team of Avengers. And who would you say are the originals? From the films, maybe. I don't know because the comments might change it. So the original Avengers? Yeah. They kept it fairly true. <clears throat> you know, it was it was the it was the set that we saw in the original Avengers Assemble film. Yeah, so Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and Hulk. They, <laughs> I've they got were... a list. I'm checking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the, uh, I mean, in the original series, there were there was probably Ant Man as well. Um, I said the original series in the original yeah. comics, um, yeah, yeah. Because um, there was a cartoon series that that did follow as well. So uh, he was there, not as Scott Lang though. It was the the other um, 
uh, Hank. It was, it was um, an older guy. Hank oh, you know, in, in, Hank Pym. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was Hank Pym. Michael Douglas. In yeah. That's yeah. right. Mm. Um, yeah. So they, they they've kind of kept fairly true to that. And mm. then you know where in Civil War and it um, and then moving into um, uh, out from that. So after after Ultron and into Civil War, you kind of see that there's a new new cadre of Avengers. So you had Vision and you had War Machine, mm. and so that was kind of true as well. Where it wasn't necessarily that set of characters, but the there was a, just a new set of Avengers coming through, which is good fun, mm. right? Because it just helps keep it. You kind of go, oh right, it doesn't have to be those ones, and they don't. It, there can be new members coming through, mm. which is quite fun. So we started talking about some of the um, actors that we've seen in uh, in the films. So uh, I, I want to take this in a couple of different ways. One is. Uh, who is our favorite character who's your favorite marvel character across all of the different films and franchises that we've seen so far um and um secondly um who's your favorite actor of those characters so maybe a different right? it could, could well just be a different person um and third who's your favorite kind of cameo role so complete out there didn't expect to see that person in the film loved seeing that person in the film so let's start with the first one. So who's your favourite character right across all of the MCU that we've had I so think. far? That's so, a okay. really big question. Go on, I'm, Mark. I'm happy to take that one first. Because <laughs> I, I, Fee talked about this earlier on, and I, and I think this is my favourite character for a whole range of different reasons. Um, and going all the way back to 2008 with Iron Man's original, you know, standalone film. I think... Um, the way that they took that character off the page and made him made him real through the actor of course but I think just the writing around that character was just astonishing and that kind of that was the film that everything hung on you know if that film had failed, yeah it, it really we wouldn't have been seeing this enormous kind of expanded universe happen that day, but they were really banking hard on that film succeeding and and winning people over about about a character with who's essentially quite unlikable um um there, there are all kinds of traits with Iron Man where he actually he's quite arrogant um yeah and, he is um, selfish. He's um, a womanizer. He's a womanizer, massive ego. In later, they touched on this in the second Iron Man film as well. He, he kind of descends into alcoholism, and he has quite a, you know, some really dark spells there. Um, and that that was captured from the comics as well. But um, I think, as a in terms of the whole character arc all the way through the MCU and the journey that that character is taken on. Um, the kind of decisions and sacrifices that he is forced to make, for me, that's it. It, it, it has to be Iron Man, um, <laughs> all the way through to what happens at the end of Endgame. I think if you if you take that original character in two thousand and eight, and then you know just compare them compare them with the kind of decisions and sacrifices that were taken then, um, I, I'm yeah, I'm a huge fan, a huge fan of of the MCU version of Iron Man in particular. Nice. Nice. Okay. Good answer. So for you, it's Iron Man. All right. <clears throat> um, I don't know who my favorite character is, people. I think it might be Black Panther. I, I, I really, so I love the original. I, 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 in the same way that you highlighted there about Iron Man, I love his character. I, um, 
and the way that they portray him is incredibly well done for all the things that you've just said there. Um, but I think what we see in Black Panther is just a completely different kind of character that we've never seen before. Like we've never had that kind of character as a as a hero, superhero for all for all sorts of just good reasons. You know, one, he's he's regal. He's a man who is trying to do right by his power, by his uh, you know, by his people that he's trying to serve. He's trying to do right for his country to try and figure out, you know, should I be getting out there and reaching out to the world, letting people know that Wakanda exists? And there's all sorts of just real, there's, there's, it, it could have been easy to just make that character uh, unrelatable, but he was completely relatable. And I really, really liked that. And it's, and it, anytime that film comes on, I will easily just go back and watch it and just sit there. Because it's just one, I love I love his portrayal from Chadwick Boseman, but I, I think his character is just really like you know from Civil War through to Black Panther itself, and then into Infinity War and Endgame. There's just a lot of good stuff there. I really like what they've done, what they do there with his character. And I guess in a similar way to Iron Man, there was a lot hanging on that film, wasn't there? That they really took a punt around saying we're going to create a whole film where we create an entire new world, yeah, um, with culture and rules and um, all the different tribes in Wakanda. Yeah, it's, it's so well done. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where they take it next because I know that the same. Um, director behind the original black panther film ryan coogler yeah. has is going to be he's currently looking at making the second black panther film but has also been um tasked with creating a tv series set in wakanda um so there will be that he will be the golden thread that runs through the black, black panther franchise nice. and that that would be i think a really interesting watch and, and I, I could see it lending itself really well to a tv series mm. come on v who's your favorite character okay so this is where I wonder if I'm as geeky as you both because <laughs> I don't have all this like background knowledge of comics and stuff. But there's a character that I absolutely love that I'm hoping we'll see a lot more of going forward, which is Valkyrie. So she like is so strong. I mean, she's hilarious. And we need one with cup holders because we're going to die. So drinks. Do I know you? I, I feel like I've known you. I, feel like I know you too. It's weird. Yes. Like, did, when do we see her first, like, falling out her ship in that, like, dump, the kind of rubbish dump thing? Yeah, yeah, she, in Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, and she's just so funny. She's so fierce and strong. She's also, like, so she survived the Thanos snap, didn't she? And so, so she's like, and then also there's, like, didn't she, she's kind of, like, been up against Thor, Loki, um, the Hulk, yeah, the Hulk. And it's just like, I don't know, she's just like really awesome. And now she's the new leader of Asgard, which is like pretty cool. So yeah, I think for me, Valkyrie definitely um, is one of I mean, you know, I love I love so many of the characters, but I think as a fierce, strong character, natural leader, female, I'm like, yeah, she rocks. <laughs> <laughs> It's a shame, really. I don't think we saw enough of that character in um, in the Infinity Saga films because mm. she she was clearly 
she survived the original kind of Thanos invasion. She survived yeah. the, the destruction of Asgard. Um, and she was there on the battlefield at the end of Endgame. Mm. And of course, you know, Thor handed over the kind of the leadership mantle to her yeah. as as an obvious the obvious choice, right? Mm. Um, it's a shame we we didn't see more of because I think like Tessa Thompson's version of that character is, is brilliant. Like she's so likable mm. and as you say, like fierce and strong and courageous, um, but almost quietly so. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, I, I would have loved to have seen a bit more of her um, mm. in those last two films. Yeah. Good choices, so I'm hoping, people. So I'm hoping there's more of a story in place for her, obviously, going forward. That would be awesome. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with Thor Love and Thunder, I think it is, or, uh, you know, the, the next Thor film, to see, mm. you know, do they give her more of a role there? Um, but also just where they take that as a, uh, as a film, because, spoiler alert, Jane Foster is pipped to be the next Thor, which is an incredible move because they did that mm. in the comics. And when they did it in the comics, it created a huge amount of uproar because suddenly people were like, what do you mean there's a woman Thor? That can't be a thing. <laughs> and, then, and then she just became one of an, a very accepted part of that universe. And I love this so much. It's like, yeah, talking twig, absolutely fine. Talking <laughs> raccoon, raccoon, yeah, absolutely okay. A man made of rocks that talks and can fight. Cool, I'm down with that. But a woman as Thor? Oh, oh just outraged. Outraged. I think you've hit it quite on the nose there, Feet. No, you've you've absolutely nailed that one. So, yes. There's, there, there will be a kind of... Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. They, they, there's a similar character being introduced um, oh, I forget her second name. It's Riri, honestly, Riri Henderson. But she becomes the next Iron Man figure. Although oh, I, yeah. I think the character yeah, yeah. Iron Heart. Um, but yeah, similar, similar story. Kind of brilliant inventor, um, and takes on that mantle and and, and, and creates her own suit of armor. Um, but yeah, right, I think um, yeah, she's on, she's on the catalyst for Thor: Love and Thunder. Is Tess Thompson as Valkyrie? So I think. Uh, it would be great to see more of her in that film. Mm. Um, same director as well, Taika Waititi, which I, I yes. hope can capture that same vibe from Ragnarok. Oh, oh amazing! <laughs> Absolutely amazing! <laughs> so, which actor do we think portrayed their character really, really well? Oh my now, this is a hard one. This is really tough. So, for me, it's easy to just jump to Robert Downey Jr. and say him yeah. as iron man was definitive yeah. and i think it was right so you know to mark you know, you know your point before you know they could they everything hinged on iron man itself being the success of a film for any of the mcu to kind of kick off but it was only because rdj was there as iron man you know had it been cast by anybody else you kind of question it and i, go, I just don't know like, but it's, it's too hard to know if anybody else could have done as, as good a job but he did a bloody good job of it. So him as that character, I really, really like. But I, I, I absolutely love Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, as Scott Lang. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, his character in there is just, like, his, he, it's him. It is Paul Rudd. I don't care about anybody else. Like, and, you know, when we see him in 
Civil War and he gets geeky about meeting Cap in the car park. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, you know, that's, it's, he just he has a real starstruck moment. Captain America. Mr. Lang. <laughs> it's an honor. I'm shaking your hand too long. Wow, this is awesome. Captain America. I know you too. You're great. And then, you know, when he uh, has to fight uh, Falcon on the roof and all of that happens and you go, this is just this is just great. This is just fun, pure fun in someone who can do in embody that in, in a in a wonderful way. So for me, it's kind of a, a tough one between the two um, of those two. But I think I really like those actors. So come on, who do you think? Who do you really like? Oh, of course, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther as well. I've already mentioned him before, but that guy absolutely rocked that role. I've got my phone and I'm looking up. <laughs> I'm looking up. So I just can't choose. So hard. So so I want so I absolutely I just love the um I absolutely love Gardens of the Galaxy. So then I think I think Chris Pratt in his role is just absolutely hilarious. He is. He's very good. Um, and how, I don't know, just like the whole music element to it is just brilliant. And I love how he really just, he, I, I don't know, I'd like to think that's really him. Just singing along and getting into it and grabbing random lizards and singing using his microphones. Um, yeah, I just, there's something about him. He's, and how he kind of just, I totally believe, like, he is that character. <laughs> Completely. Um, so he definitely stands out for me. And I could, I've watched probably Gardens of the Galaxy so many more times than I've watched many of the other Marvel films. Yeah, I think I have. Um, yeah, that's probably, like, my character that, the actor, sorry, that really just, I get completely sold every time. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's who you are. I'm in. I'm listening. I'm completely there with you, like singing along to the awesome music or laughing at your craziness when you think you're getting a little bit like, oh well, Thor's all like all that, and I'm like, <laughs> I can be all that too. And totally like how they riff off each other just cracks me up. Taking your pod. <clears throat> no, you're not. You will not be taking our pod today, sir. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Stop it, you just didn't do it again. He's trying to copy no, you just stop Enough! Doing He's doing it first. We need to stop Thanos! So yeah, I think for me, Chris Pratt in, that, in his role is just cracks me up every time, yeah. So I love the scene in Infinity War when it's uh, when we introduce the guardians in, in infinity war i just love that scene just that whole thing there where they they four is smashes into the ship they bring yeah. him onto the ship just everything about how that just plays out is just yes. gold absolute gold yeah yeah and then drax like jumping in kind of almost going yes you can fight was it something about a fight with knives or something like that yeah <laughs> um and they're like, no, <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> hilarious. My cat's just tried to jump on my desk, and there's lots of paperwork and plastic wallets. <laughs> she just slipped <laughs> off. I do apologise. <laughs> totally fine. It's all good. 
Come on, Mark. Yeah, I think Fee's choice just helped me make my mind up there because my intuition was it's got to be one of the Chris's, right? It's got to be Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, or Chris Pratt. And I think uh, I'm going to go with Hemsworth um, because, oh, okay. So he's, I, I touched on this earlier on, he made an absolutely preposterous character on the page come to life in a really believable way. Yeah. And um, he, he's clearly worked incredibly hard to look the part as well. He looks like a superhero. Um, he looks like a god. Uh, that, that there's, there's no other way of describing it. I also, I also really like the fact that um, you really get to see a, a breadth of the way he plays that character. So I think you could just, <laughs> uh, maybe a kind of less um, experienced actor would probably have approached it pure comedy and just sold the comedy and, and gone down that, you know, this character route. And he can definitely do that. I mean, he's clearly a comedic actor. There are those scenes that you just talked about when they meet the, 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 the Guardians and him and Starlord's character kind of rip off each other and are trying to, you know, see, you know, just talk about who's the who's the who's the real leader. Who's the leader? The, the yeah, <laughs> amazing. I could watch that all day. Um, and it's so subtle. The way the way it's played is, is beautifully subtle. But then there's also these amazing kind of moments of um, of levity there. I think there's there's a conversation that he has with Rocket in um, in Infinity War. I think in Infinity War, maybe. Endgame? Yeah, where he talks about yeah. the fact that you know he's he hasn't got any family and yeah. all his friends are dead and there's just this little single tear rolls down his cheek and he's, he's trying you can see him trying to hold that back and it's it's a really powerful bit of acting so dead brother huh yeah it could be annoying well he's been dead before you know this time i think it really might be true and you said you your sister and your dad both dead but still got a mom, though? Killed by a dark elf. A best friend? Stabbed through the heart. You sure you're up to this particular motor mission? Absolutely. No rage and uh, vengeance, anger, loss, regret. They're all tremendous motivators. They really clear the mind, so I'm, I'm good to go. And um, it really kind of sells every second of it. It's... it's uh... It's great. Plus, his entrance in Infinity War into Wakanda once he gets his oh. back is one of my absolute favourite moments of the whole MCU. Um, it is wonderful. It is a really good scene. It really is. And it, it really, just that moment where it happens as well. Like that, that piece of production and direction right there was just top class stuff. Definitely. So yeah, I'm, I, yeah I think I'm going to go with Mr. Hemsworth. Nice. Good choice. And I know we're not allowed to. <laughs> of course you are. I didn't say you're not. I had three, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, fine. Um, but I do really like Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's brilliant. And also, I think um, I like her too. That I grew up with um, is in, like, kind of the film and theatre business. And she was the um, double for Elizabeth Olsen in Avengers Age of Ultron. Wow. And so when it all was released, like on her Facebook, all these pictures came out of like the set and pictures of her like doing stand-in stuff and shots. And it was just, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I love the character anyway. And I was like, hang on, someone I know <laughs> I grew up with, like did all the stand-in stuff. It's like, yeah, 
that's amazing. Cool, I thought, yeah, that's incredible. Gosh. Yeah. So I mean, I'd make tea for people all day long just to be on a set, like on a on yeah. a normal set, wouldn't you? Just like <laughs> sandwiches, like everyone just kind of <laughs> absolutely. Just to be in that space, just epic. <laughs> so, which cameo do you think was that? That was a really good cameo, or you know, or or not necessarily cameo. Which kind of secondary or kind of side character? do you just really enjoy even though they're not part of kind of the overall you know major characters and what have you so i don't know if this counts but can we just take a moment to say oh stanley yeah because oh, like I, I i didn't even know <laughs> so this is how i'm geeky i am maybe i think by the end of this podcast by the way we're going to realize that maybe i'm not as geeky or at all you totally as are. much of a fan as you thought I am. Um, because I didn't even realise at first, Mark, my husband, had to tell me. Um, I was like, that dude was in that last film, or like, or, you know, and then I clicked and then I realised, and yeah, so that was embarrassing. Um, but he's just, um, how they kept bringing him in was just amazing. In the funniest of moments, or the most unexpected moments as well. So as a cameo, yes. I think he went, he has the crown for that. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, you, I don't think, but he's so even. Um, so I don't know if you remember, but pre MCU, in all of the other Marvel films, he has had his cameo roles as well. So in the mm. Fantastic Four films, in the Spider-Man films, yeah. he he always had that there as well, which is yeah, which I which I really like. You know that they put, they even did it then when it wasn't as big a thing as it was as it is now. It was still something that they uh, introduced at that stage as well. So I love that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you could almost have like a an entire subcategory here of the best Stanley cameo because he's a cameo <laughs> king. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, there's so many amazing ones. Do you have a favourite yeah. one, Faye, of, of the ones that you have seen that you can remember? No, I don't. Because they're just all... Cause I think what it is about it, and I think this is maybe part of the whole... MCU anyway and then the wider stuff it's like it's so thoughtful so it's not just like put someone in or make a reference to something in a doesn't feel like blase or just because it feels like it has something or there's depth there and then that's what like stuff to do with I suppose easter eggs or references backwards and forwards of different things that have happened in other um, films you know as they link all together it always feels really considered um yeah, always feels really considered. So I don't, I just, it's just so joyful, I think, each time. <laughs> so I don't have an actual favourite. Do you? Is there one that's from to your mind? Um, I, I remember watching this in the cinema and it got the biggest laugh of when he turns up. I can't remember which Iron Man film it's in, but he turns up as a delivery driver and asks um, if there's somebody there that is called Tony Stank. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it, in, the, in the cinema, it got the biggest laugh, probably one of the biggest laughs of the whole film. Are you Tony Stank? Yes, this is this is Tony Stank. You're in the right place. Thank you for that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a, he's a good little actor, isn't he, Stanley? He, yeah. he was he was he was clearly you know really enjoying himself. It must have been amazing for him to see his characters come to life in that way. 
yeah. it's yeah. profound in a, in a kind of dynamic way. Yeah. I'm not sure many people get to live through something like that. No. Um, that prob- that's the one that springs to mind, but I mean, there are some, there are some incredible ones yeah. along the way. So good call on Stanley. Absolutely. Crown king of the cameos. <laughs> so um, if, we, if we keep him on his mantle, who else do we really like um, having their roles in the, in the series? Across across all of them. Sure. For me, I love it in Ragnarok. In Ragnarok, when um, you've got the play being acted out of, and and then when I suddenly realised that that's Matt Damon and yeah. that's Sam Neill, <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here right now? <laughs> this is just whole level of meta stuff that is playing out before my eyes, and I am so happy right now that that's just that's just played out. So for me, that's one of the best cameo yeah. scenes where that just I did I had no expectation that that was coming, and it happened, and I was just like, "Thank you, Taika Waititi." <laughs> yeah, that that's a really good shout. That's hilarious. I like that a lot. Um, uh, so okay. Um, oh gosh, I I don't know if this is my favourite, but it's the one. It's one that stands out for me, and it kind of links to what Fee was saying about this uh, everything being so considered and joined together. Um, officially, the first Marvel Cinematic Universe film wasn't Iron Man. It was the um, Incredible Hulk, the Ang Lee film. That kind of that was supposed to be kickstarting everything, which is a, it's an odd choice to go mm-hmm. for, but. Went, we went with and there was a quite a big gap between that and then Iron Man but there's a character that appears in that film called General Ross um, and who then turns up in a number of different MCU mm. films as the same character so they've got the same actor back same character, same kind of intentions and attitude um, you do see him in um, Civil War quite prominently but yep. he's in other, other films as well he's in, he's in a couple of the... Ultron uh, as well He's in Ultron. I think he's Infinity War too. Yeah. Um, Say so you would uh, Endgame actually. He's in Endgame. But um, yeah, he's. Uh, I think having that, like you say, Fee, that that level of consideration to think about. There is um, a tie that binds all of these things together, and all of these mm. these characters kind of map across and appear in different parts of this story. It's so um, clever, and it's it's the sort of thing that you see very clearly missing from some of the. DC films that have come out that they're, they're very kind of messy and 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 they've really they've got clearly gone for a strategy that isn't about tying everything together where you haven't got consistency around characters mm. or even their intentions or the actors they're just going with a load of different films which is fine but I think w- when you look at the comparison to the the care and attention that's paid to the MCU films is it's um it's like a night and day difference mm. and I think that's why mm. you get the, the kind of the emotional reaction that you do when you've seen like 15 years of filmmaking go into something and that culminates in a film like Endgame um, because you've, you've worked with all of those storylines and you've, and you've experienced them and, and, um, and kind of rooted for those characters for such a long time that when, yeah. when you suddenly get that enormous payoff that was so carefully constructed and considered, it has just that extra emotional heft. Nice. So call out for General Ross's actor. Who's the actor? I can't remember who the actor is. John Hurt, I want to say. Hurt? Not John Hurt. Somebody Hurt. Yeah. 
William Hurt. William Hurt. There we go. Come then, Fee. You've had long enough to think. Well, I have to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. You did say Stanley. You did. You did say the best. You did say the best. Okay. All right. Um, I did read a cool thing, though. So, and I didn't know this, but this is quite a cool cameo that I read about. If I could maybe share it with you. Yeah, I yeah, it with yeah, me to yeah. share. So I didn't know that this. So I am going to look at my device and show this. Kenneth Branagh was in Avengers Infinity War. Did we know this? Who was he so in? Obviously, there's loads of cameos, but it says Infinity War opens with audio from a distress call being sent out from the Asgardian ship being attacked by Thanos. That voice belongs to none other than Kenneth Branagh, the director of the original Thor movie. Oh, I did not know that. So that's like a massive full circle wow. kind of moment right there. And, and I was like, I don't know. I wouldn't have even thought to think even things like that, tiny little moments with just a couple of sentences or a sentence. And it's someone like that kind of amazing. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, that's I think, so as, cool. a, as cameo goes and, and how he's connected to it. Love yeah, that. Yeah, so I thought I'd bring that to share. <laughs> All right, so as we start to kind of move towards um, the kind of wrap up of this, um, what is uh, the your favourite scene? Oh, oh my goodness me. And this one's hard because there's a lot of good it's scenes. So, so you can have up to two. You can have up to three people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> this one's going to okay, take so something. I'm, I'm going to pick one to kick off with. I might come back and grab another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, I, it's one of my favourite scenes, not only because it's, it's, it's beautifully constructed, but also... Um, I have still vividly the experience of watching that in a cinema, packed cinema with me. And it was um, the energy that you could feel and excitement in the cinema was just electric. And it's the airport sequence in Captain America Civil War where you've got the spacing off of the, the two groups of kind of Team Iron Man, Team Cap. Um, and what unfolds is probably about a 15, 20 minute sequence where you you essentially have an enormous battle takes place, but you're introducing so many different elements to it and everyone gets a little moment to shine. Um, it would have been fine as it was, as it happened. It was also the moment where they chose to introduce Spider-Man into the MCU. Just out of nowhere, mm. he comes Spider-Man in full and full costume in probably one of the best versions of the character that you'll see on the screen, um, played by Tom Holland. And just, yeah, seeing all of that happen over the course of 15, 20 minutes, it's just, for me, is a bit of cinema magic and, and a real highlight um, in the MCU. I think that that's part of that, what ended up being quite a little golden era in, in that, that clutch of MCU films. Yeah. Love it. Very good one. Very good scene. Um, so for, for me, actually, in the same film, Civil War, at the end, the final fight scene between Iron Man cap and um winter soldier is a really good scene just the way that that all plays out as well more more because of the choreography of the whole thing because it's such a such a, a um you know you've got all sorts happening you uh, where cap's trying to defend winter soldier who's also fighting iron man they're both fighting iron man at the same time and there's just so much happening 
in and around all of that, which I just really enjoyed. But but actually, I'm probably best seen just like, through everything is in Infinite no in Endgame. It's where um, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor are against Thanos. Thanos mm. is battering Thor into the ground. He's trying to call out for Mjolnir, and then we see we see Mjolnir lift, and it goes into Cap's hand. That moment gets me every time. It just I love love that moment. And then it's just, and then you see that play out. He's, he he calls the thunder. He strikes down Thanos, and uh, or call the lightning. Sorry, strikes down Thanos, and then we see the rest of the kind of the battle play out. And then it leads to my second favorite scene, is where you see the portals open up, and all of the characters come out. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And we hear that iconic. On your left, from Falcon, and Cap's just like, "What? What is happening?" And it all just, and that is just a real, for me, it's just a really great piece of writing and production. Like, how do you make that happen? You have the vision to make that happen. I'm in awe. I bow down to the gods of filmmaking in the MCU who made that happen for me. Thank you to them. <laughs> And there's so many payoffs there, right? So um, I think with your first example of the end of Civil War, I think what's really cool about that that whole sequence is that the whole film seems to be building towards a kind of big showdown with your three heroes teaming up against what could be some like um, uh, sleeper cell winter soldiers who are also brainwashed like Bucky was and they have to go and take them down before they cause havoc mm-hmm. whereas actually what transpires is that there's a much um, more kind of nuanced setup where the um, the villain of the piece reveals that um, Bucky killed um, Tony Stark's parents years ago and that then triggers this um, huge kind of uh, rage sequence um, and so that that was kind of cool. I think that like, I like the, the sort of switch around from a, your classic huge yeah. battle at the end yeah, of the yeah. of film to um, to a more ideological conflict between those three characters and how, seeing that play out. But yeah, gosh, um, yeah, Endgame. I, I think, and again, that that's the sort of end product of a number of different things. Back in Ultron, they have that amazing scene where they're in um, Avengers Towers and they're all trying to lift the hammer. And yeah. the only person who manages to give it even a little nudge is Cap. And yeah. there's, a, there's a kind of there's a little look on the Thor's face going, "Oh, yeah, what's going on here?" <laughs> yeah. And that's it's never addressed ever again. <laughs> until no, it's that not. Moment yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he he was always worthy, and of course, of course, um, that would um, that would be the payoff. And it's just yeah. Again, I, I have vivid memories of watching that in the cinema. I watched it several times in the cinema, and every time that moment was kind of just. It's, it's quite unusual to find in UK cinemas. It's, it's more often you, you see this in, in like the US, but people were kind of cheering and yeah. like shouting mm. and really kind of going. It was it, they couldn't contain like the excitement for for the way that they'd they'd created that sequence. Astonishing, astonishing bit of filmmaking. Favorite scene, Fee? Yeah, I think exactly how you described. All the portals open up, and at the end, yeah, that's just goosebumps isn't it and shivers and cheers and yeah everything you just both kind of described with 
Um, so that and seeing all the different characters and groups and communities that we've been kind of <laughs> introduced to throughout throughout the films. Um, and even like the different tribes from Black Panther, like coming in and, you know, um, so that's definitely up there. I think it's like favorite. I do love, I can't necessarily say the specific scene, but I just remember just loving in Black Panther. So that's definitely up there in like my top three for sure. Mm. But the scene with Black Panther and his sister, because she's so smart. Shuri is and amazing. She's Shuri cool. is just amazing. And again, it's like there's there's lightness and there's comedy, but there's smartness. <laughs> and she's got all these gadgets and all this stuff. And um, if there's one where she's got like the different suits for him to try and they're testing them and she's just having a whale of a time because yeah. she's like, just like, <laughs> she doesn't quite realise how they'll work. Um, and I just, yeah, I remember that. And I just remember kind of thinking again, you know, strong, strong, smart, capable mm. women making a difference. Like without that suit, he wouldn't have had the power that he had to do what he, what he needs to do yeah, in his, in his kind of various scenes. So yeah, so that always kind of sticks in my mind as well. I think oh, it's gonna um, bug me now the exact scene, but you know what I mean. You know, the yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where they're in the lab and she's, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're like ne the necklaces, and yeah. then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost went for Shuri as my cameo favorite because she's not really a cameo character, and she's I just I don't cameo think she's a sideline character. No, she's a, she's a she's a key role, and I think we'll see mm. in future Black Panther films and TV yeah. series. She will be a very front and center. Um, as a member of the royal family and also in terms of her you know her mm -hmm. intellect and her um ability i love i love the scene in infinity war towards the end where they take vision to wakanda to protect him and to protect yes. stone and there's that whole little face off between her and um tony and bruce banner where she's mm -hmm. going well, why didn't why didn't you just do this to extract yeah. your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't think of that um wonderfully played wonderfully played um but yeah, it would be good to see more of her. Um, yeah, and I think that's that, that's one of the things that I, I love about this set of films is that you've got oh, they're action films, um, so you've got um, incredible action set pieces, and we've talked mm. about some of the best ones. Mm. And then you've also got moments of just these amazing kind of fantastical characters just being with each other. And I could watch that stuff all day long. I think you know that in in Ultron. Yeah the the secret the party sequence where people are just hanging out and you know they're, yeah. Yeah, they're having drinks together and you know daring each other to do things and you know chilling out at the bar and uh, writing those scenes must be quite difficult because it's got to appear quite casual but also you got to kind of take the characters on a bit of a journey and um yeah I, I i probably couldn't pick out any one of those but i think that's they're quite typical of the mcu and why it's so special that you've got these little character beats throughout um, particularly when you've got whole team sessions like that, um, that just work. Um, and and they give everybody a little moment, but also take the whole story along whilst seeming quite casual and, and um, kind of a, a, bit, a bit of a breather in a film that's full of quite a lot of action. So now I'm thinking as well about the 
scenes or like the cameo pieces and it's like we haven't even talked about agent phil colson <laughs> oh. <laughs> who, who is just so cool i'm not a reporter i'm agent phil colson with the strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division that's quite a mouthful i know we're working on it <laughs> he is so very cool. cool and he's like i think i remember reading a long time ago that he was only ever meant to be in a couple and he wasn't even going to have a name like he was just an agent that came in and did a, a thing and then went and now he's got this proper thread yeah. and appears in all of them and of course shield which you know i love shield well <laughs> agents of shield i might love that um yeah He's he's a kind of I suppose that he's not a he's a cameo but he's a he's a regular but someone mm. you see kind of the small parts but really good <laughs> really good um, yeah he just popped into my head uh, that's a good call um, but also just makes me think that there's it's interesting how they created the the uh, those other offshoots of the. Um, of some of the characters. So you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you had Agent Carter as well, which I, I, I've not oh, gone to yet, so I haven't... Oh, it's brilliant. Is it watch good? Watch it, watch it, watch it, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I, I will have yeah. it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that's what I'm loving about WandaVision, and obviously we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up, as being mm. official MCU stories. So whatever happens here with these, it actually is going to impact on the movies and what we see happen later. Whereas... With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., certainly, when I started watching that, I was like, I'm not really sure how this ties in. Like, I don't know where, I don't know what is that, I don't know, you know, do we see things happen here, which we're going to see come through later in the things? And it was only Coulson that I ever saw happen in that way. I didn't really experience anything better than that. Whereas we're experiencing it solidly within WandaVision mm-hmm. and, you know, within Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, you know, we, we, we know that Zemo is going to be the villain. Which is exciting, like that, because he was a good villain. Like of all the villains, he was like he wasn't a super powerful villain. He wasn't, you know, um, uh, yeah. He, he I, I think he's easily one of the better villains that we've seen throughout the whole MCU. Um, so that'll be interesting because this is kind of see how that plays out. But there's, yeah. So with some of those shoot up series, and like there's 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 one particular series which I refuse to um, give any credit to. Uh, was um, did you watch uh, what was the one with the Inhumans Marvel Inhumans I didn't watch that yeah don't watch it just just stay away from it completely it is <laughs> truly god awful <laughs> it is like and considering it's a Marvel product it is one of the worst Marvel products I have ever come across oh wow the writing is terrible the acting is awful the storyline is just dire I mean, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> whereas you everything else, strongly, I do. Yes. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, WandaVision is just a pure, wonderful piece of writing about what we're seeing play out, and you know how, um, how it not only harks back to the films, but also it has these little seeds of, well, here's a helicopter. We don't know what significance that has. Here's a bee beekeeper. What does that mean in life? Yeah. yeah. It, um, you know, here's Monica Rambeau suddenly booted out of this thing. Like, why? And like, just the way it all starts to just tie together and what we're starting to see come through. Wonderful. Bloody love it. Bloody love it. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people compare it to Lost. 
like the early early few series of the TV series show Lost, where you've got that intrigue and yeah. mystery that's really carefully crafted, and they're kind of drip feeding information to the viewer. Right. Um, but there's all this meta level because there are people. It's a TV show about a TV show, and there are people in the show who are viewing that TV show as well as us. As the audience yes. doing it, it's wonderful, wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah, more please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> more, please. And apparently, there is like we haven't even talked about all the hundreds of Easter eggs that there are throughout all oh, these different things. Too many. But apparently, there was one in Spider Man about Wonder Vision. Is apparently. there? Okay. Yeah, apparently so. I shall um, have to go find this an out. End credit or an end scene with um, when they're on the ship. Uh, oh, I'll have to find it for you. I'll find it for you and send it to you. But there's like a hexagon shape on a screen that's like a map or something. Is it a hexagon shape? Yeah, that one division is meant to be like. Um, yeah, so it's all just, yeah, there's so many different. Nice. Different awesome, awesome things. So clever. Um, and we probably, we probably shouldn't talk about this, but we haven't talked about any of the Netflix Marvel shows that came out. Um, oh, and yeah, now yeah, not yeah. available, but there is talk again of some of those crossing over into the MCU. So um, I was a huge fan of the Daredevil series that was on right. Netflix. <gasps> yeah, same. Just amazing, really kind of different and mm-hmm. dark, and um, well, like amazing cast, really good storytelling, very close to the comic books as well. Um, and um, there is a talk that Charlie Cox will be playing Peter Parker's lawyer. In oh, the right. MCU. Spider-Man film as as Matt Murdock as the yeah, character, yeah. which again mm. just I think it, it's it's an exciting opportunity to kind of revisit a really great character played by a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really get into the Marvel Netflix series either. I heard they were very well done, and that there was they were good. You know, so the Luke Cage and the Jessica Jones and what have you that they were true to yeah. the original characters as well. Like, did did Defenders ever get made? Did that become a thing? Yeah, yeah, they they made it. It was yeah. I I yeah. I think some of some of those series were definitely better than others. Okay. Um, the less said about Iron Fist, the better. I think. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, gosh, I forgot about that. It wasn't good. It wasn't that good. Was, um, no. But yeah, some of the, I mean Jessica Jones, I really enjoyed. Um, Jessica yeah. Jones, I li- I like that a lot, and Luke Cage, I liked as well. Luke Cage was cool. Yeah, Mahershala nice. Ali was in it. I mean, he was just. Mm. Kind of pre-explosion, um, seeing Mahasha Lee in in a TV series really giving yeah. it everything was was astonishing. He kind of played a mm. kind of key villain role for in, for in the early series. Okay, so, okay. Mm. I mean, I love him as an actor anyway. But... Well, okay, folks. I think let's. I don't know how we wrap this up. I don't know how we end a conversation about the MCU because it's going to keep coming. <laughs> this is what I love about it, that there's just more to come. So how would you like to wrap it up? What would you what, what would you think is a way that we kind of bring this together in some kind of nice way and lead us into whatever comes next? Or just, or just say, stop, that's it, we're done. So if you had now, kind of, if your diary freed up and you had three hours to sit and watch a film one of the films what one would you watch straight away great question (laughs) and who's to say maybe you 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 might have two hours now that you can watch watch one (laughs) 
I'm not judging. I would. <laughs> what one would you go to? What would be your go-to one? So I I am. Um... There are some of those MCU films I've watched a lot. I, I think I've definitely the Infinity Saga in double figures, mm. definitely. <laughs> um, some of the Captain America films, I think, um, are into double figures now. So I'll probably go back and watch something that I haven't seen that often. I'm thinking about maybe something like, and, and looking for some of those Easter eggs. I think that's a, a lovely thing about this. You can go back mm. and you can see what was what was planted earlier on, but then yeah. so something that kind of took fruit um, uh, uh, later in later in the phases. So maybe something like I don't know. I think the the first Guardians film is a really good standalone film, yeah. regardless of, yeah. of of where you see those characters go or what happens before. I think that just exists really beautifully as a as a film in its own right, as a bit of yeah. like a little sci fi comedy film. Um, almost like I, I remember watching it thinking, "God, this wouldn't be great if Star Wars was a bit more like this, it's more <laughs> kind of fun and light, and and embrace <laughs> that sense of silliness um, with some great characters." Um, so I think I'd go for Guardians, the first one. That's a really good shout. What would you go for, Fee? I think it would be Guardians um, or Black Panther. Yeah, I think it would be Guardians or Black Panther. Nice. I haven't yeah. watched Black Panther since um, Chadwick's Boseman's death because even watching Endgame, I find that that last portal scene where he arrives is just too much. Mm. I'm mm. always just in floods. Watching, watching just that sequence, I, I think I'd have to yeah. really kind of steal myself watching that whole film again. Still, I mean that that, that when, when we heard the news of his passing, I think I think I, I within days I went back to just watch the film. Mm. I just totally did, but I I, I watched the um, uh, the commentary version, which is um, kind of just like you know because that, that's what I love about Disney Plus, right? It gives you that access to that kind of further commentary. So there was just lots there to be able to just appreciate so much more about um, him as a as an actor and as a as a as a human. Um, that's a good call. Um, Black Panther is a solid film. I think I, I might go back and see one of the ones I haven't seen in a while. Um, Civil War, actually. Now that we've been talking mm. about it, <laughs> there's just lots of good stuff in that film, which sets up a lot of stuff coming later, and respects a lot of what's happened before and obviously it is basically an avengers film in everything but title but you know it's uh yeah i think i'd, I'd probably go back to that one yeah cool yeah it, it starts with that really cool sequence and really unusual sequence of a de-aged robert downey jr um yeah yeah parents and revisiting in this kind of like memory simulation which isn't really referred to again but it's, yeah. it's a really cool idea and the, and the effects is still really hold up of going god that, that does look like a young Robert Downey Jr without a doubt like exactly. um, yeah kind of 90s era Downey yeah yeah well folks awesome. thank you so much <laughs> for this just chat about the MCU because it's been <laughs> joyful <laughs> It's a great way to kind of start off Thursday morning. Um, I hope that it's been a good conversation for you guys as well. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. Quite, it's been so much fun. 
And hopefully maybe this is just phase one, and we'll come back and do phase two another time. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, we'll follow how the MCU actually plays out itself as well. <laughs> well, folks at home listening, thank you for your attention for uh, for this podcast uh, recording. Hope you've had fun listening in. If you've been a fan of the MCU and you want to comment on stuff, then please do tag all of us in because we are all around on the socials. Um, I will put all our contacts into um, where you can catch us on Twitter on the show notes. And if you're out there and you're trying to uh, you want to let me know that this is a good thing, then please do like and do all those good things that you should be doing across the podcast platforms. All right, folks, that's it. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs>